may have told this story before, but um, when I was in college and I first began discerning a call to the priesthood, a friend of mine from high school visited me. I was down in Champaign, and we were best friends all through high school, mainly because we were both into music. And um, he was not Catholic, didn't really understand my, you know, how I'd become kind of taken with religion while I was in college, but we, sh- we still shared this long history together. We'd known each other since we were little. And I told him, you know, I'm actually thinking about becoming a Catholic priest. And I think at that point he just kind of had it. And he's like, dude, why don't you just start a nonprofit? <laughs> you know, he was a business major and he was going into real estate and all the stuff. His dad had been a banker. Nothing against him. It's just he didn't, I don't think he had the categories. You know, it was a well-intentioned thing. But I remember thinking at the time, it's like, it's not because I want to do some good. <laughs> you know, like I'm so desperate to help people. I don't think I was naturally like that. Actually, I was more selfish. It's that God had given me a calling. Like he, there was something attractive about giving my life over to God in this radical way. And I couldn't really explain it. And I realized we were kind of talking past each other. You know, he's since accepted uh, my decision and stuff. And I think he gets it. But um, it's not unlike what the prophet Amos is saying in the, in the first reading today. Amos came out of uh, the southern kingdom, Judah, and was told by God in like 700s BC to go up to Israel, to Bethel, and prophesy against the northern ten tribes. The northern ten tribes, by the way, just a little context of history, were exiled in 722 BC and never returned. The Assyrians the, uh, from the north came and beat them, exiled them, took over their land, and even to the time of Jesus, the, you know, the Samaritans and the um, different northern uh, peoples were sort of like almost semi-Jews. They didn't really count. It was the Jews, the, Jude, the Judahites, who were the ones who remained. They were exiled like 200 years later to Babylon, but they came back and they rebuilt the temple and the, the religion. But the northern ten tribes were just wiped out, and Amos was sent by God to warn the people that this was going to happen, that they had um, left off the, the covenant of God, mainly because they had gotten so prosperous and rich but had forgotten the poor. That was the main thing that Amos was coming to, to tell the people. And uh, he didn't want to do it. He wasn't from there. He wasn't a professional prophet, which, by the way, there were professional prophets, seers, almost like uh, fortune tellers. Amos was just a normal guy, uh, a dresser of sycamores, a farmer, who got called by God to go somewhere and to, to preach his word. And they said, get out of here. Why don't you go be a prophet somewhere else? He's like, I'm not a prophet. God has just called me to this life. And in that way, he prefigures the apostles, who are these ordinary guys, the fishermen, tax collectors, not anything in particular drew them that says like, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do for my career. What do I like doing? Or what am I good at? Um, That would have never occurred to them to be apostles, to to be evangelists, to spread this message. Um, And yet God calls them. And it's this irrevocable thing. God has chosen them for it, and they, they must respond. And in that way, also, <clears throat> Amos prefigures all of us who are baptized, who are ordinary people. We, we you know, are given extraordinary callings as Catholics to be saints. <clears throat> but a lot of times we, we feel like, that's eh, not for me. I'm, I'm just, you know, whatever I've chosen to do for my career or my life, my family, that's, that's my main thing. But this crazy call of, you know, go without a second tunic, go without a money bag, go just with a walking stick and go spread the gospel. How could I be called to do such a thing? 
One of the things that the prophets often preach is the wrath of God, especially in the Old Testament. Um, we see God's going to do something bad. You know, you've been bad, and bad things are going to happen to you because God is angry. Um, and so we often look at the Old Testament God as this kind of violent father who just like punishes, and then Jesus is this nice brother who you know like advocates for us. But in a way, Jesus is telling the the, the apostles to preach the exact, same exact thing. He says to go preach repentance. Get people to change their hearts, to turn back to God. And that's what the wrath of God always was, was God's resistance to our sin. You know, it's like the manifestation of God's loving will in a sinful world is wrath. It's, it's um, resistance. It's saying, I'm not going to let you settle for this. You know, and we who resist God's will will always experience, to some degree, God's love for us as painful because we have to change. Something in us has to die in order to be reborn. Um, and so the wrath of God is not something negative. It's actually something positive. If you've ever tried to help somebody do something and they just do the opposite of everything you tell them to do and like, you know what's good for them, you know how to do this, and they're like, yeah, 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 and they go and just ruin everything, do it the exact opposite, how tempting is it to just throw up your hands and be like, fine, do it yourself. How much more does God see exactly how we should live a life of happiness? He's created us to be joyful, to receive his goodness. And yet we're like, yeah, no thanks, I'll go on, on my own. The fact that he even sends prophets to tell us change is a sign of his love. It's a sign that he will not give up on us. And that's why also Israel, the word Israel, the name that Jacob gets, means wrestles with God. Remember that scene in uh, Genesis when Jacob falls asleep on the rock and he sees the angels descending and ascending, Jacob's ladder. He wakes up and there's this angel and he wrestles him all night long and then he gets his hip hurt and the angel says, you're now called Israel because you've wrestled with the Lord. In a way, he personifies the whole nation of Israel and therefore all of us who wrestle with God, that the meeting of our sinful, resistant will and God's resistance to our sinfulness creates this sort of dynamic tension and it's, so it's a good thing in the Bible, those who wrestle with God, because it means that they are at least trying to do God's will, at least trying to um, confront this deep brokenness in us that, that needs to be fixed. What's tempting, I think, is to take the path of no resistance, to just make God a spectator to our, like, it would, it would be better if you just did let me go my own way. And even though I'm going to make a mess of things, to just be up there kind of cheerleading for me and love me no matter what, and we take him for granted, rather than turn to him and say, like, Lord, you, you want something for me that I can't even imagine wanting, something greater, something more excellent, something more beautiful than simply my spiritual mediocrity or my selfishness or egotism, um, that you don't just want me to start a nonprofit. You want me to do something radical. Right? That's the... That's the magnificent thing about Christianity is that each and every one of us, by being baptized as priest, prophet, and king, all of us have been given some, some important role in the kingdom of God. And to just shift, shift the metaphor a little bit, and I'll finish with this. Um, if you have a map, right, uh, you want to get somewhere, and you have this map, um, you have to kind of trust the map maker, right? You have to believe that Whoever made this map knows where things are, and I'm where it says I am, and the roads that lead to where it says I'm going. If you ever taken, like, that was a big beef with Apple Maps, is that it would take you to the wrong place. 
but uh, hopefully they fix that. But you have to trust the map maker. Or you can just ditch the map and figure it out yourself and just kind of like try different paths and hope you get to where you're going. But the only way, if you don't have the map, the only way you know if you're right is when you finally get there. If you think about life, a map of life, um, the path of no resistance, giving up on wrestling with God, not asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? Um, and not just making a list of pros and cons and like, what do I want to do? Or what am I good at? Uh, if you try to go your own way, instead of asking God the question, wrestling with him, the only way to know if you're right, the only way to know if you'll actually arrive at the happiness that you hope for is getting there. And if it's not the right path and you don't end up there, by the time you get to where you're going, it'll be too late. Right? Time only goes in one direction. And so we have to, in a way, trust the map maker, um, Jesus, who comes to us to reveal his will for all of humanity and comes to us in the sacraments and in prayer to reveal to us our purpose, our meaning, our true name. And that's the wrestling. Um, if you're wrestling with God, that's a good thing. If you're feeling this tension between like, yeah, Lord, I don't know if I want to do exactly that, means that you're talking to him. It means that he's talking to you and you're listening. And if you wrestle with him, the good thing, and we, we see this throughout the Old Testament, is that we can resist his will. God has given us freedom. We can resist it, but we can't thwart it. The, the prophets, even the most terrible prophecies, always end with, yeah, but God is bringing something good. There is hope in Israel. The, the uh, Savior is coming. The Messiah, the King, the successor of David is coming to bring good out of all things, even evil. Even our own resistance to his will we see in the cross is his manifestation of his great love for us and the opening of, of new life. And so if you're wrestling with God, good. Wrestle with him. Um, and don't give up the fight to go follow your own boring path of no resistance, but continue in this path of holiness.